Hello everyone, welcome to the Grow Your Future podcast. I am your host, Zah Azmi, and I'm joined by the Lebanese cucumber, in green Sam Eljabad. I wore the correct shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wear the eggplant and cucumber. I always get confused which cucumbers I've got to buy when I go to the supermarket. Lebanese or continental? Which, which one? What's the difference? I've always bought Lebo. I have no idea, mate. Because you are a Lebo, yeah, you know? Yeah, can't go against that. <laughs> <Yeah. people. laughs> no, I think... Uh, the, the, what are the other one? Continental. Yeah. Where are they from? I have no idea. Um, anyway, how you been? Yeah, good, man. I'm uh, ducking and weaving COVID that's hanging around here. Yeah. It's keeping, yeah. Me, keeping me fit, man. Yeah. What about you? Mate, I, I've been living a balanced lifestyle lately. In, in what way? Um, Consuming I think a, a bit of... too balanced. You know, I've put yeah. on a little bit of weight. I've just been like eating whatever I want. Relaxed I've been enjoying life a little bit you more. You know, I've been leaving work a little bit early. That's unusual. Um, it is unusual yeah. for me, but I've, I've enjoyed it. You it's know, um, I've been you know spending a lot more uh, time by myself and with my wife, and it's been it's been good. But I've been um, I've been getting into this lint chocolate lately. Oh, oh, like a really like all. All types of lint chocolate, dark, um, milk chocolate, hazelnut, oh, hazelnut, uh, caramel. Like it, why? It, why? Where did this come? Okay, from? What happened? what's happened, yeah. right? Is Cadbury, yeah. right? Yeah. Good old Cadbury, and I used to love cold, uh, plain Cadbury chocolate. Mm. Now, good old Cadbury have changed their ingredients oh. after like a hundred years or something like that. I never knew this until we googled it the other day, and they've changed it because. They say they've, they've put a more sort of health-conscious product. They've substituted something. They took all the good stuff out. But I think they've done it because they wanted to cut costs, uh, right? Yeah. Now, we're still paying the same price, if not more, for Cadbury. Um, but it doesn't taste as good as it used to. Mm. So what happened was, uh, psychologically, I'm like, okay, Cadbury's no good anymore. And now I've been smashing lint. Lint. <laughs> and now I'm fat, right? <laughs> That's the result from it. <laughs> well, you will get back into shape, mate. It's all good. But that, isn't it interesting, Sam, um, you know, when we were kids, Fredo frogs were massive. Mm. Have you had a Fredo frog lately? Yeah, but I have another theory about this. I know what you're going to say, but is it not because our hands got bigger that they've shrunk? That too. Could be. <laughs> that too. That too. But look, they are small now. They are not. And I think we, it, it's part of inflation, right? Things are going up in price, but things are decreasing in size, mm. right? Like it's, it's it, everything. You know, you go to Macca's, the burgers are smaller. Mm, mm, it's, mm. It, it's a way of inflation. Mm, mm, mm. It's crazy, isn't the, it? The problem is uh, everyone, capitalist nation, right? Capitalist economy. What, what is it based on? It's based on profit. So everyone's trying to make profit. And if you can't maybe, say, raise prices, which might deter people from buying it, they might give you less for the same amount of price. So that is an inflationary thing as well. So if you need to assess how the economy is tracking, go out and buy a Freddo frog. Or some chips. <laughs> you know, you buy the chips but and they'll But be air. warned, be warned. You'll start smashing all the lint chocolate <laughs> and then you'll end up like me, then brown to... and fat. <laughs> Then you need to renew your gym membership. <laughs> Go back to the gym. The reason why we talk about uh, inflation, mm. um, because we're bringing it back to property now, is that um, property always goes up in value. Mm. You know, if we look at, um, you know, the last hundred years of property prices, they've always inflated. So it's not just chocolate that inflates <laughs> and decreases in size. Yep. 
right? Sure. So like properties, for example, block sizes, yep. it used to be normal to have a thousand square meter block, mm -hmm. right? Now, just like the Freddo Frog, a standard block is like three, four hundred squares. Yeah. Right? And it's only getting smaller. We're, we're finding blocks as, as small as 180 squares. Yeah. Same with apartments. They're shrinking, but they're more expensive. Yeah. Right? Construction costs are rising. So what we're going to talk about today is 10 reasons why property will always go up. Because mm. we've always got these people who are saying, oh, it's, you know, it can't go up anymore. It's going to crash 50%. It's going to collapse. But in the last 100, 200 years, it, it's never collapsed, it's no. never crashed. I mean, it has corrected, but it's, it's always generally gone up in value, hasn't it? Yeah, no, and uh, these, these 10 points we'll go through will explain exactly why. Well, there's a variety of reasons, Sam. Like a lot of people just think, oh, it goes up because, you know, the supply and demand or just because of the location. There is, there is so many things, mm. right? Mm. So let's start with number one, which is probably one of the most important, obvious ones, mm. Sam. Mm. Population growth. So sort of self-explanatory, if there's more people in a country, they need to live somewhere. And what we're talking about with property, it's not, a, it's not a want. It's not something you want. It's not fancy shoes. It's not a nice car. It's something you actually need. So when you're looking at it from that point of view, everyone needs to live somewhere. You have to live somewhere. Whether it's you're buying or you're renting, you need a house, uh, you need a roof over your head. So on that basis of being a need, if the population is growing, all of these new people that are needing houses are going to demand more housing. Uh, and if there's not enough uh, supply of the housing, uh, that'll uh, increase the prices over time. You know what's funny when you just said it's a need, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. everybody needs a roof over the head. Before, when I first started in business, I thought to myself, okay, I need to be, be involved in a vehicle or, or which has some sort of commodity that can give me the greatest return. And the way I thought of it was, mm. oh, you know, the biggest thing that someone would ever buy or invest in is the roof over their heads, mm. right? Like the properties, the, it's the biggest item that you can leverage. Mm. It's the biggest purchase that anyone would generally make. Mm. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a part of that. Mm. Now, if you, th you throw population growth into the mix, right, mm -hmm. it's only just going to grow more. Sure. Sure. So the, the ABS has projected that in 2066, so how long is that? From About here? 40 years. About 40 years, years, right? The Australian population is going to be around 50 million people, so which is double. So that's going to be about the time we're retiring, right, hopefully, or hopefully beforehand. But at the time we're slowing down, we're going to have a population of nearly double. Double. Now, and they're all going to need a house. They're all going to need to live somewhere. And um, that, that's going to be a driver uh, of, of these prices going up continually. And the Australian pro property market is actually quite lucrative if you think about us on an international scale, right? We are the lucky country mm. where everybody wants to live here. We are not overpopulated. We're actually underpopulated. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, we have, you know, a safe and stable government. Um, you know, we, we, we have a great lifestyle here. Mm. It's, it's, it's generally quite safe, mm. right? So mm. everyone from all over the world wants to live here. Yeah. And I guess one of the most important things to consider is we're a very immature country and we've talked about this on the podcast before mm -hmm. where uh you know australia is in its infancy stage of growth which means there's that room for growth now a lot of people want to be a part of um 
an, a, a developing nation, mm. right? That's going to go from here to here mm. because all of a sudden, if you're part of that, then you get to reap the benefits mm. of what that country has to offer. Mm. Now, if that country is, you know, overdeveloped and very mature and there's no more room for growth, then I guess sentiment would be quite subdued. Mm -hmm. So being in Australia where we've only got about 26 million people now, um, you know, looking at the next 40, 50 years, property is only going to go one way. What you're saying, there's still opportunity here. So it's not like New York and London where you can't buy, you can't move there, all that kind of thing. So Australia still has that affordability thing. Well, it's hard to but, make money. Yeah. It's hard. Like generally speaking, if you're, if you're an individual and you live in those mature developed countries mm. or cities, um, it's, it's very hard to make money. Like mm. I've got a friend who's he's a builder and mm. he's from uh, England. I'm not too sure what part of England, mm. but um, he's, he's got his own business here. And he said to me, he goes, uh, if I had my own business in England, I wouldn't be making the money that I make here. Mm. He goes, yeah. the opportunity here is just amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's funny, Australia has always been that attractive place. And the government knows uh, that really as a nation here, we don't, we don't multiply like other, say, cultures do in other nations. We don't have five, ten kids that are growing the population. We actually need to bring people in. So they've done it throughout history, all the, um, what was it, sunny, snowy hydro schemes and all these big infrastructure plans and, and uh, builds. We had people come from overseas to help build it because we don't have enough manpower and we don't have enough population to help grow. So over time, and what this, this study is showing um, is that there's going to be a lot more foreign people coming here because we're actually not producing enough people in Australia. And in return, what we do is we give them residency, right, which is the ultimate commodity here mm -hmm. in Australia. And Australia knows that. And that's why we say, you know, right now there's no immigration. Yeah, prices are still going up, but there's no immigration. Imagine when there is migration, mm. um, there is, uh, you know, that, that, that they've opened up the floodgates to for people to come through. Yeah. Um, and these people are wealthy people, yeah. you know, like they're educated, mm. uh, they're skilled, they're bringing a lot of value to this economy, um, and they're gonna pay a lot of tax. Yeah. And, um, you know, the government wants that. A good, a good fact here is, uh, I looked up ABS as well, 30% of Australians right now were, bo were born overseas. So if we got how many, 26 million? 30% is like seven million people were actually born overseas. So that just shows you how much how appealing Australia is and how much more people want to come here, even after COVID, because we were quite good with it. There's going to be a lot more people coming here. And what that means is that population growth outside of the internal organic growth from Aussies ourselves, is going to really put a, a, a demand on property. Yeah. So it's only going to go up. That's number one. Number two is inflation. And this mm. is the exactly what we were talking about with, um, you know, the, the cost of chocolate and mm. McDonald's and all of that sort of stuff going up. But mm. um, property will always go up because of inflation. Mm. Inflation, mm. Uh, you know, the same thing as um, devaluing of currency. Mm. 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 So I think a lot of people, they, they think of um, property prices being expensive. Yep. But the way they've actually got to look at it is that the price of currency mm. is actually devaluing yeah. and that's what's pushing the actual price up. Yeah, so inflation has sort of two components to it. You've got like uh, the cost increases, like materials and things like that, but you also have increased money supply. So it's getting into the economics side of things, which is pretty technical, but just basically what it's meaning is there's more cash in the economy. When there's more supply of something, the actual value of it will drop.
so what you're seeing is your, your money just becoming less uh, valuable, so you need more of it to buy a certain amount of stuff. You can see with uh, our parents when they bought properties, their salaries wouldn't have been what our salaries are. So our salaries have gone up because of the devaluing of our dollar as well. So, for example, my parents might have bought a property for 100 grand. Back in the day, he was on, say, 10 grand, 15 grand a year. So it's all relative. Uh, but now, his property is worth, say, $800,000. So um, inflation and the, the devaluing of your, of your dollar is always going to occur. It's actually done on purpose. The RBA have a standard rate of inflation they try to achieve. And uh, what is that rate, Sam? They, they write it's 2.5. They're always yeah. targeting a 2.5 because they really want... Which to, is bullshit. Which is bullshit. And mm. so uh, there are, they manipulate the type of um, calculations they use to produce that 2.5. <coughs> uh, but it's a very unknown time now. The, the inflation is, is, per commentators in the economy, is, is quite high. Yeah, so they're talking about hyperinflation where things are going to really, really skyrocket in value um, or in price, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think if you're in assets, you're going to win. Mm -hmm. But if you're not, mm -hmm. um, you, you, you're going to lose, yeah. right? Because the, the price of your dollars in your bank account or under your mattress or wherever you've got it is diminishing in value over time. Yep. Um, and if you're, but if you're, if you're invested in assets like bricks and mortar, um, it could even be gold and all of that sort of thing. It, they're going to inflate in price. That's right. That's right. So cash is really not a good place to have have your wealth right now. So just on inflation, mm. um, you know, they call it the, the the hidden the hidden tax that the government don't want to call it the hidden tax, mm. right? Mm. Where I, I call it that. It's mm. a it's a hidden tax. Yeah. Um, but what the government do is they borrow a lot of money mm. to write all of these checks, yeah, right, yeah. To, to, to basically produce all of this stimulus. Um, if the government are doing that, then it's probably a good idea that you do it yourself as well, for good debt, mm. right? Mm. Um, because if we borrow money in today's dollars, but we don't have to pay it back in, say, 30 years' time, that debt is, what's it, what's it going to be worth? Mm. Pretty much nothing. It's, it's dropped. So you've got two things again there. So you've got the property going up, its value with inflation, but you also have the debt that you locked it in that, being paid down with dollars in the future that are worth less. It's very complicated, that second part, but what it effectively means is, uh, yeah, you can inflate away debt on your own accord, just like the government does. Well, let's take, back, take it back to your parents' property, right? Mm. They would have got maybe a, you know, a, 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 let's just call it a $60,000 mortgage mm. yep. <laughs> on their property when they first bought it. Um, if they held that mortgage today yep. at still $60,000, yep. It's, uh, it's not that much money. It's a good example because the 60K is still there, but yeah. the property is now worth 800 to a mil. But if they're still working, they're on 80 grand now instead of 15. So they're, they're able to pay it down more yeah. than, than they could have previously. And so. going back to the original topic of this podcast, mm. right? Mm. How that will always push up property prices is that everybody will do it. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Everybody knows that, you know, the the greatest wealth builder is in, if it's not an investment property, it's your home, yeah. right? Which yeah. will always inflate in value. That was a standard approach. So everyone yeah. was like, home is your wealth, which is, is open to discussion, but everyone has a fixation on property. So it's always gonna be there. Well, the great Australian dream, right? For us, the great Australian dream is the 10 year acquisition strategy. That's the new great Australian dream. But the great Australian dream originally was buy a you know, quarter acre block, yeah. you know, build a home, 
get a 30-year mortgage, pay down that mortgage, own that home outright, mm. and then that home will obviously be worth a lot of money uh, at the end of your lifetime. Mm. Um, that was the original strategy. And there's, even though we don't really agree with that strategy now because times have changed, but the reason why that strategy was put in place was because property went up. Mm. You know, property went up in value and, you know, if, if, if you weren't going to invest in uh, cash flow properties, invest in your home. Mm. We still say that. Mm. If people don't want to invest in property, mm. at least buy the home that mm. you're going to live mm. in. Mm. At mm. least do that. Mm. You know, build some wealth that way. That's right. Because it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just not maybe the most effective way to do it. That's all. Let's move on. Number three, location. One of your, let's see, your top fundamental. Yeah. Your top fundamental. Location, location, location. And reason being is it's vitally important for any type of growth in property and, and, when, and when picking your investments. So when you're helping a client um, identify a, a suitable property uh, to invest their money in, uh, how do you go about identifying, say, a good location? Look, we, we, we identify weekly family incomes. Yep. Uh, we like to look at the suburb score. Yep. Um, but we've also got to take into account that there are locations that are probably less desirable, but in the future mm. will become more desirable because as the population increases, mm -hmm. like a lot of these people that are affluent and, and, and aspirational will need to go to these areas that will eventually gentrify and sort of go up in value. Mm. So I guess this third um, reason of, of why property will go up in value in terms of location just really just means like it's the land yeah. that's going to increase in value because they're not making any more land. Mm -hmm. um, so for us, yes, we want to be getting the best pockets of land, but generally speaking, all locations pretty much rise in value mm. yeah, over always, time we're over talking time. over time yeah. and, and, and when we look at say population growing if if you can't go up you have to go sideways and it's just going to create a larger city and if you're closer to the city generally you're going to have a higher uh, valued property so i think um the the location side of thing is going to have a massive uh, role in, in the growth Number four, when, when I started getting into property investing um, at a young age, I didn't really understand this one that much. But now, you know, getting older and having a lot of friends who have kids that go to school and all of that sort of thing, school catchments. Yeah. It's, it, it's actually, I never even thought about it. Before. Yeah, because we don't have kids, right? <laughs> right. But it, it makes sense. Yeah. If, you, if you want your kids to go to a specific school, which usually they're in the more affluent areas, mm, mm, mm. you're going to fight to spend more money in those locations. Yeah. Um, especially if there's a government funded school, which is considered a great school, mm -hmm. um, and you want to be in that that catchment, yeah. right? Because like, your, your kids are only going to be able to go to that school, generally speaking, if you live in that suburb or location. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I know, for example, there's a suburb in South Brisbane where there's this, um, one of South East Queensland's number one schools, one but it's schools. a public school, oh, yep. right? Yep. So that location just keeps going up in value because people are like, okay, well, I'd rather spend more money on uh, my property uh, or the land or whatever it is that they're buying or pay more rent, whatever it is. Mm. Um, be in that suburb because I know that I can send my kids for free, mm -hmm. right, to um, the, the public school just down the road, right, mm -hmm. or the, prime, uh, the high school just down the road. Mm -hmm. So um, it plays a, a really critical part. That's only one example. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, they're all over the Heaps, country. Yeah. So people are going to fight to be in those suburbs, which will just 
keep pushing prices Price demand. I did, a re I did some research I found. So in New South Wales, um, there were three suburbs that had experienced price growth purely because of their catchment area and the schools in that catchment. And they were Epping, Willoughby for Willoughby Girls High School and Ride. So all those areas, they've actually related property price growth to the catchment and demand for those schools. So it's an actual thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a big thing. Yeah. I don't know, another quick uh, funny story is uh, I have a friend that owns, uh, the parents own a property in Tempe. And uh, they had a family, not a family friend, like an acquaintance. They wanted to use the Tempe address of, of my friend's parents for their child to get into the school in Tempe because Tempe has some sort of language, uh, a great language school, and they wanted their kid to be fluent in languages. So they were, they were trying to offer money or something to use the address of my friend's parents so that they, their kid could get into that school. So that's, it's actually a really big driver. Yeah, so there's, a, there's, a, Crazy, there's yeah. a black market black demand market, there, right? Yeah, for, I, for the use of addresses. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they got the price they wanted. Yeah. I don't know what happened. There's, but a, there's a new business venture it. for you, Sam. <laughs> ATO won't know about that one. Mate. But it's, it's um, the, yeah, it's, it, it it's really funny because um, you know so this property we just uh, we we done a project in Melbourne mm. um, in a suburb called Essendon, yep. and we we had to do some research on the schools in the area. And apparently, the schools in the in the Essendon precinct are some of the best in Melbourne. Oh wow! And it just made that uh, investment so much more attractive. Mm. Um, so we know that that area is always going to you know, rise in value. Mm. And going back to just quickly on property, if, if we're trying to identify places where people want to buy, because that's going to increase our, our value of the property, and homeowners are generally the guys that are going to pay more for a property, it would make sense to maybe buy in these catchment areas because you're going to have families trying to buy their home and they're the ones that are going to spend more money to be in those locations than maybe investors where investors park money. That's no, right. So, so it's it's a, a, we call it owner-occupier appeal, yeah, right? Yeah. And a lot of people get caught up in investing and go, I just want an investment and yeah. I don't care about it. Yeah. But what they want to buy, they want to buy an investment that is desirable by an owner-occupier because owner-occupiers are very emotional, yeah. right? They'll pay overs. Mm. I know, for example, for me, if I had to go and buy anything that was for me, for my personal use, you know, I'm someone who, you know, can actually spend the money, mm -hmm. I'll spend overs, mm. you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I don't care, it's yeah. for me, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so there's a difference between having that purely just an investor mindset to that owner-occupier. So if you, if you have an investment property in those areas where people want to buy and live, then you're going to do quite well, I think. Back to supply and demand, yeah. right? There's usually a tight supply of that product. Mm. Hence the reason why places like Essendon, Bondi, um, those prestigious suburbs with limited amounts of land mm, mm, these mm. homeowners are just spending so Through much money roof, yeah. and it's just pushing prices up uh mm. number five infrastructure massive one and you know what really um what what the government's doing when they're uh, doing infrastructure plans is they're trying to create jobs so they're cr trying to create jobs they're borrowing money to do these big uh, infrastructure builds and that's going to really increase the value of the properties in the area because increased infrastructure has more uh, appealing uh, aspects to it for people. So really, if you want an indication of where maybe prices might grow, you, you look at where governments are spending money, bigger businesses are spending money, like Woolies, where they're putting their money and infrastructure in. So They've it's not done just, the research. They know where there's going to so, be. People. So it's not just government. Not just government. Right? No. It's private as well. Um, it's that private sector who, who, who are driving that, that sort of... Um, 
infrastructure mm. system um, or infrastructure growth, right? So for our listeners who don't really know what infrastructure is, Sam, mm. what, are, what are some of those amenities that, that can appeal to, say, property investors and property owners? Any types of big road upgrades, tunnels and things like so that. So like the North Connects, which they've just yep. built. Um, you that, know, that would have had an the, effect. The new M4 tunnel, that's yep. crazy. That's cut out so much time. It's so, so good. And yeah. it's creating more appeal to live in areas close to that area because you're going to have access to that benefit. Uh, big hospitals, anywhere where there's big hospital upgrades. Uh, that means there's population growth, but as well, the government's spending money to appeal for more people to go there. What about uh, airports? Airports, yeah, out west. Mm. Um, and in Brisbane as well, had a, had a second airport. Shopping centres, any types of, like, like, like I said, Woolies, even McDonald's, they're, they're not dumb. They do research of where people are going, uh, where infrastructure is being built. So they'd probably even look at what the government's doing and go, okay, government's borrowing money to put a billion dollars here that means they're going to create a lot of demand for that area for people we're going to put a mcdonald's there they're in the real estate business mcdonald's uh, people have which, probably looked at that which is a domino effect yeah. right you've got the government spending all of this money somewhere and then you've got the private sector spending it there as well and then all of a sudden it becomes this much more attractive place to live mm. like for example southeast queensland at the moment mm. the government is spending billions of dollars and you know i think in a couple of weeks they're going to say whether they can get the Olympics or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, not just the Olympics. Yeah. There's going to be things happening, yeah, yeah. you know, outside of that. But Brisbane is a, is, is a very, very interesting region at the moment because the government is pouring that much money into the place. The net migration is just in the positive, you know. Oh, you mean interstate? Interstate yeah. migration is yeah. in, in the positive and everybody's going there and mm. the government's like, frantically trying to get all of this stuff done mm. so they can basically house mm. all of these people mm. which is great for property prices mm. they're gonna it's gonna go up it's gonna attract even more people to go there because they're spending more money to build it a bigger place for everyone well know? there's jobs right that's it there's um there's there's activity there's excitement mm. like i don't know for our listeners who haven't been to brisbane lately like it's a, an amazing place yeah. to go yeah. you know the cost of living is is a lot cheaper um, you know, you, you can see all the restaurants are packed. Yeah. You know what I mean? The cafes are packed. People have got vibe. money to spend. It's, yeah. it's a mad vibe. Mm. And that's like during the week as well. Mm. Um, it's a, a very, very exciting place mm. to be. Mm. Whereas in Sydney, everyone's stressed out. Everyone's swearing at each other. No one wants to be here. <laughs> People are killing themselves. Stuck it's really bad, right? So, yeah. um, you know, uh, Queensland, especially Southeast Queensland, it, 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 it offers a very, very attractive lifestyle because of the infrastructure that's going in. They catered for the people, I think, up there. When I went up there to see some family, the place is just very, uh, like the walkways across the river. It's, it's just, beautiful. It's, a, yeah. it's catered for people, not, not cars. It's very nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Get up there if you can. Uh, number six. This one's been a big one. It's been actually a, a very tough one for us to deal with in Luxland, uh, mm. and it's the cost of construction. You experienced it, it just the other day. Oh, yeah? you know, we're, we're, we're quoting clients on, um, on, on builds and then two, you know, two weeks later, if they haven't signed that contract, they're jacking the prices up. And it's not the builder's fault. Yeah. Like, it's not like the builder is trying to make a, a bigger margin on you. It's just that the cost of raw materials, yeah. the cost of labor, it's all shooting up. Mm -hmm. Now, back uh, before COVID, so pre-COVID, 
Construction costs, like we do a lot of construction in Brisbane, right? Mm -hmm. So construction in Southeast Queensland generally moved at around six to eight percent in inflation a year, right? And that's just that's pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more than New South Wales, but it's healthy, yeah, right? It's, yeah. it, you can you can you can deal with it yeah. with with the property growth yeah. and all of that sort of thing. You can yeah. sort of deal with that, but now it's like twenty percent more to build a place. Sometimes twenty five percent. I have people pulling out of build contracts because it's just too expensive. So the cost, which won't be expensive in say a year's time or two years time because of inflation. The it's just that the price, mm. the the dollar is being priced high, mm. but it just means that we're getting less for our money. Yeah, and over time that cost will be factored into the value. So you have to pay it now, but at the at the end of the day, in a year's time, those ex those prices would have gone up again for the next round of or, or year well, inflation increase, which would then bump it up again. So you probably went up again as well. It's funny you say that, Sam, because I, I had a conversation with one of our uh, bankers yesterday, and I, I've been waiting on this valuation to come back on this um, construction build that we're doing. Oh. And I've, I've been hammering them about this valuation because I've been nervous about it. Mm. Because I'm mean, like, oh, I don't know if it's going to come up short or not. Mm. Now, the banker had a, a conversation with the valuer. And the valuer said, look, if it's land and construction, mm. generally speaking, nothing's really come back short. Oh. Right? Yep. Even if the build contract is very expensive, it doesn't really come back short. Because this increase in build price is being felt on the back end mm, mm. in a positive way mm. through the comparable sales. Mm, mm. So don't stress, mm. it's not gonna come back short. Mm. So going back to it, an increase in, co an increase in construction costs is actually gonna just push prices up. It's not like you're, you're gonna be at a loss. Mm. Yeah, it just means that property prices are gonna go up because of the cost of replacement mm. of that home, the bricks and mortar, the cement and everything that goes into it, right? It, it, it goes up in value. And next year, it's gonna be more expensive to do the exact same thing. So that house will be worth 750, the new build, when yours might've been 700. So you've already, if you're a comparable house, you're gonna have that increase with that inflation going forward as well. I had an interesting conversation with a, with a colleague. He's doing a renovation in Sydney and he said just just talking about construction costs um, he he within the time he had to do a lot of DA stuff it's a heritage uh, not heritage but you can't change some of the facade uh, so he's had a lot of time to uh, do all the approvals for accounts it's taken a long long time and since I think about a six to twelve month time period through COVID he's seen his estimated cost of the build go up 25%, purely based on the timber required to do the renovation. Ah, so there's a, and, and this timber is a, shortage. Timber mm. shortage, one, because of the supply from overseas, and two, Australian producers can't keep up with demand. So that type of inflation on the resources is gonna factor into his build, it's gonna be more expensive to do renovations, that means those properties will go up in value over time because it's expensive to do. And I, I've had this same conversation with a lot of my builders and they're, they're saying that they're gonna to have to switch to steel frames, you yeah, know, because yeah. you know, lumber is just too expensive. Too expensive yeah. um, so I, I, one, one, one last thing on mm. construction costs um, and the reason why it inflates, and it, something as simple as the cost of energy like we all pay an Energy Australia bill or, or an electricity bill, and we all realize that every quarter or every year, they tend to get more expensive. Energy is one of my most valuable commodities, right? And if it's costing us more in energy, something as simple as that, mm. 
the cost of raw materials, the cost of labor, and all of that sort of stuff is, is going to increase. Yeah. Um, so you need to understand why this construction is going up in in price, mm. which is then pushing prices up for property. Mm. And once you understand all of this, you're kind of like, you start thinking, well, I better build as much as I can now while I can, because it's going to be- While just, it's as cheap as it is. Well, yeah, it's well, always going to go up. So a lot of people are whinging and complaining right now. They're bitching and moaning about the prices of property. What's going to happen in 20 years time? It's just going to be more expensive. 100%. I mean, I th I'm pretty sure our parents bitched and moaned about it about 30 years ago. They're not bitching no. and moaning about it now, are they? Um, True. Number seven. Land tax and council rates, which is an interesting one. Um, so really, at the end of the day, the, the states will get a lot of their income through the imposition of land tax on, on land and council rates paid by uh, homeowners. So it's all levied on the land value. So and this is every property. Every property. Every property incurs every, it. Every property. So unless it's your PPR for land tax, you get some But it's still, there's still council rates there. There's still council yeah. rates. So really at the end of the day, the state governments uh, that collect this revenue have an have actual vested interest in your property going up because they'll make more money off you. And it goes back to the infrastructure where we talked about state, federal governments as well, but state governments, they'll borrow money. They'll inflate away debt in a bid to then build infrastructure to create higher land values, more demand in those areas that will then in turn give them a greater land tax payment from you and council rates. So it's, it's a, there's a bit of a game going on there, I think, when people look at it. You've got to think about it. And a lot of people don't think about it. And it's really interesting because when we started thinking about the land tax, we started digging a lot deeper into mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. And we're thinking, yeah, you're right. Like the land... It, it, it is no use to the government if land values decline, mm. right? Because their income stream then declines. So when you think about it, mm. land is always going to appreciate in value mm. because not just because of the scarcity uh, component to it, but more so because the government needs it to increase in value mm. for their income stream. Yep. And another quick point about that is, do you remember what they were going to do with stamp duty? Yes, they're going to abolish it. And what were they going to do? Introduce some sort of land, uh, increased, increased land tax. Increased yeah. land tax. And so what they're going to do But is... they're going to be worse off. I, couldn't, I, can't, I can't remember. We've done the calculation. Oh. And I think they were actually, people were going to be actually worse off. It was a facade to make the government look like they were doing us a favour. Mm. But in actual fact, they were going to make more money. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it might stop transactions. Or I don't think it will, but it might. It will actually increase transactions. Where are we at with that I don't policy? Know. It's yeah, still... Is it... Still up in the air. Yeah, I, don't I don't think it will happen. But at the end, at the end, if they do that, just say they remove stamp duty, that means they're relying on less revenue and more burden is upon a land tax revenue. So they have even more vested interest in making the land values go up. That's right. Do you know what I mean? So That's right. I don't know how they're going to do that, but it means they need more revenue from what they already have. Buy land. Buy land. Buy land and wait rather than wait and buy land. Uh, we touched on this net number eight, gentrification. We can go for it. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about what gentrification is. It's usually a, a really good example of gentrification is Redfern. Mm. Like Redfern right now is a very premium suburb of Sydney. Like you're looking at houses millions. in the millions, millions. of dollars. Yeah. But 
20, 30 years you ago, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't go down Redfern, you know what I mean? You'd, yeah. you'd, you'd probably get bashed and mugged, right? But now, right, you can go to a really good restaurant. I actually drove through it the other day because mm. uh, I live not too far from Redfern. Mm. And it is pretty cool. Yeah. It's bustling. There's a lot of life. There's some cool cafes mm. and restaurants. Like, it's, it would be, like, I don't live next door to Redfern, but I'm not too far from there. But it would be pretty cool to live in Redfern now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's a really good example of gentrification. Uh, a lower socioeconomic suburb mm -hmm. um, that that has been, you know, geographically quite well located, mm -hmm. and people have realised that there's an affordability component there. Yeah, yeah. They flock there. Uh, the aspirationals yep. have flocked there, um, and they've pushed the prices up of yeah. those properties. Well, people go in there. The government will spend more money there, and it's like a domino effect. And then that 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 location is now a premium location. Well, I, I think. Where we grew up on the Central Coast, carry on, right? Um, that, that was a shit suburb, like back in the day, right? It's Nothing like, against our parents who bought it's like no, the red, in the area. Red fern of Central Coast. Yeah, <laughs> like it was the ghetto. But now you've got properties in excess Millions. of a million dollars, Millions. right? Yeah. And um, it, it's actually a very uh, premium place to live if you live on the Central Coast because of its access to the freeway. Mm. So geographically, it worked, mm. right? Mm. So this is where you need to look at suburbs and go, okay. Will it work? Mm. Because a lot of people can't envision where that suburb's going to go. Mm. They can't envision where gentrification will occur. Mm. Is it next door to mm. a suburb that's quite affluent mm. and meaning that those people in that affluent location can no longer afford to live there mm. and they have to now go one suburb that's out, yeah. which it might be in a bad suburb, but then may turn in to... A, a really, really nice suburb. Another Redfern. I'll turn into another Redfern. That's right. I had a... Uh, do you know that building next to the Harbour Bridge in the rocks? It's called the Sirius Building? Yes. The Brutalist? Yes. Have you heard the latest about that? They're going to do some big development there. Yeah, there's some activity yeah. there. So that's a housing commission building. Yeah, there's, former housing commission. There's a lot of buildings like that in Redfern as well, in, in a city where they were in bad locations i don't know how the rocks was a bad location yeah. but it's a pretty nice location they put a housing commission building yeah. there uh in a less desirable location a more affordable spot to, to park people and what's happened since then uh, it's in such a good spot now guess how much so they were, they were going to redevelop it i don't think they're doing it now they're selling it as is but uh like apartments like it's just a, a normal real estate sale guess how much one of the penthouses went how for? much 35 million oh wow well, wow. great dollars. example. That's actually a very extreme example. That's yeah, yeah a very extreme much. example. Um, and I guess you know it doubled, that thirty-five million um, penthouse probably won't make, won't cash flow up <laughs> for us to, to be able to hold it. So yeah, it, it, it's priced us all out. But it's a good example of gentrification. That place wasn't desirable. They put people that couldn't afford to live in that area in the housing community. So they're building. they're selling those those off the plan now, are they? Sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Right. I wonder how much like a one or a two bedroom would be. No in idea. that development apparently it's a lot of people like because of the architecture so it's got you know why i would like it because i like pancakes is that below pancakes, pancakes on the rocks, rocks. <laughs> <laughs> what's number nine interest rates interest rates are at record lows at yep. the moment yep. and they, they basically dictate um you know price growth mm. um we have progressively had interest rates just drop from uh, we've talked about it in previous podcasts uh, our parents would have borrowed at what 17 18% and now they're at record lows of yep. below 2%. Mm -hmm. um, will we see an interest rate rise potentially, mm. right? Like it's 
it's, it, it's, it, it will happen, but will we see it shoot up to 10%, 15%? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Like that, that will put people into a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. But realistically speaking, to cool the market right now, because it is, you know, it's, it's off its head, um, the, you know, the RBA will probably need to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, incrementally increase uh, the interest rate. But mm -hmm. let's say the, the interest rates double, mm -hmm. which goes from 2% to 4%. It's still pretty low. Yeah, very low compared to what we've seen. And I think what people have to take away from that is that it's, it's not a bad thing if rates go up. It means... Um, Asset prices have increased. Have increased, so they're trying to slow growth. So the reason they um, drop rates, economically speaking, is to create activity. So once which they, they have. Which they have. People are going crazy buying property. Price is going to go up. It's done its job. They're going to bring up the, the rates slowly because things are getting better and then they want to stabilize the prices. And then there'll be a stage where they drop again for whatever reasons in the economy, and then there'll be another growth in demand. So the, let's talk about why they dropped them in the first place. So it's not all about just property prices. It's just maybe, we can call it a knock-on effect, yeah, right? Yeah. But the reason why they've dropped it is because they wanted to produce this thing called the wealth effect. Mm, yeah. What's the wealth effect, Sam? Wealth effect is when the, uh, through the interest rate, your uh, one, your costs go down, and also your asset price will go up in value, making you feel like you are wealthier. You're probably making the same money. Mm. Nothing much has happened in the neighbourhood, mm. mm. but on the news and in the newspapers, sentiment. sentiment yeah. You're feeling you're like, okay, well, next door neighbour sold for a mill. My property's worth a million bucks now. I'm going to go and buy a motorbike. I don't it's like great. the wealth effect. I really, I actually hate the wealth effect. In capitalism, effect. it has to happen. Because with the wealth effect, what happens is you end up spending money on stupid shit. True. Right? I love the broke effect. The broke effect <laughs> forces you to save money. Right? It forces you to go out and make money. Mm. It forces you to be frugal. Mm. Right? Uh, but the wealth effect drives property prices up. You know, whether I like it or you, you, yeah. you, you don't, you know, it, it just, it, it, it doesn't make a difference, right? The mm. government wants people to feel wealthy, mm. so they spend more money. They spend more money on things like property, which pushes prices up. And at the end of the day, we're, we're in a pandemic where the economy got hammered. So they want people to spend money on consumables too. So it's not just property. They want people to buy motorbikes. They want people to buy stuff to create uh, economic activity. So. so number 10 is the reason why property goes up is because companies like Luxland are recommending them yeah. um, and that's um, I mean it's not really a reason but it's um, all of our clients make money from from their properties whether it's through cash flow or capital growth or it could be from the tax deductions that they get mm. um, so we really really believe in making money from property there's a reason you have a business revolving around it it does what it says it does it and I don't money. like to just rely on markets mm. I really do like to rely on our strategies mm. and also manufacturing that profit through maybe a timeline strategy or maybe through a development mm. or something like that and what i really love about property sam is yeah. that it's predictable yeah you know like we've you know we're involved in multiple businesses and there's so many unknowns there's so many uncertainties but when it comes to property you can do a feasibility study on it you can track the growth and generally speaking if you even if you don't get any growth but you can manufacture that mm. predictable outcome i think that's just a beautiful business model business and shares are volatile property is not very volatile so you you can sleep at night a lot easier right would you sleep uh, easier at night with all your property portfolio 
opposed to crypto. <laughs> uh, crypto or yeah. just your business operations. It's sort of a given. Well, you, make, you, right. you know you're going to make money in your sleep, not mm. only through appreciation, but it's cash flowing. It's looking after itself. Even with interest rate rises, we can handle what we're, what we're holding because you know, you, we, we, we make sure we have buffers in place. Our cash flow is quite strong. So we can weather the storm, you know, and the storm doesn't last forever. You know, the sun comes out after the rain all the time. Indeed. So look, guys, that's 10 reasons why property always goes up in value. Thanks so much, Sam. No worries. I'm going to go a... buy another property. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like if now's the time. Now's the time. Interest yeah. rates are low. Um, you know, if you can lock in construction prices, if you're doing, going to do, you know, a brand new build, yeah. lock in construction prices at today's now. rates. Yeah. Um, even if you're not going to build till 12 months down the track, um, at contract. least you get today's rates in a contract, um, you're going to really sort of win in the future. Good wisdom. Very good wisdom. All right, guys, that's it for another one. Until next time, peace out. See you.